So what did I do? I decided to not wait. And so one of the things that I need y'all to understand is that Sarah is building a revolution of people that aren't waiting for someone to give them a table. You're building yourself your own table. So I built my own table, hosted my first event, and sold that joker out. And guess who one of the speakers was? Me. Inquiring minds want to know, how are entrepreneurs like us daring bravely to build a stage, ditch the sweatpants, and step up to the mic? How do we create our own transformative events so we can get our message out into the world in a bigger way that's not only profitable, but it's actually something we can be proud of? That's the question, and the answers are inside this podcast. My name is Sarah Faefer. Welcome to Green Room Central. Hey, it's Sarah. I have an invitation for you right now. You can join entrepreneurs from across the globe who share a passion for hosting their own events. Become part of the community that inspires and cheers you on over at greenroomcentral.com. Today, I brought into Green Room Central Studios Jasmine Haley, a nationally awarded speaker, author, educator, and podcaster dedicated to helping audiences understand that the time is now if they want to make an impact and serve their communities from the heart. Her events center around speaking. Guests that attend her events are professionals, executives, business owners who desire to amplify their voice through speaking. She helps them support and refine their presentation skills, create their signature talk, and develop monetization strategies as they build their legacy through the stage. Hey there, Jasmine. Welcome to Green Room Central Studios. Say hello to Lynchpin Nation. What's up? What's up? What's up? Hey, y'all. I'm so excited <laughs> you're here today. And for everyone who's listening, she's wearing this bright, sunny yellow that is just putting a smile on my face today because it is, it is pouring down rain here in Portland. It's sunny and warm here in North Carolina. Oh, <laughs> oh if I could teleport. Yes. Okay, so... <laughs> Jasmine, I want to get right into it and ask you about how you help underrepresented groups and help them amplify their voices and and also help them do it in a way that they can monetize it and sustain it as a, a business model. Tell us about what you do. Yeah, so thank you uh, so much for having me. And I've gotten into this work because I needed it. I needed it for mm. myself. And when I first started out speaking, I remember I had went to a well-known speaker. I asked them for their advice. They told me, don't quit my day job. And I'm like, what "What am I supposed to do with that? (laughs) (laughs) But thankfully, I had some gems along the way, along my journey that were willing to support me, that encouraged me. But I realized that there were some gaps. And I think what people have to understand is that representation is so important because at that time, I didn't see anyone that looked like me on the stages in the healthcare industry that I was in. Mm. And so when I've created my programs, I knew that I wanted to have a deeper impact beyond what I was doing on the stage. And often, when you have individuals like myself sharing their story, coming from you know different backgrounds that are more similar to individuals who are actually seated in the audience, I would often get at questions like, how did you get here? How do I do what I do? Mm -hmm. So naturally that led into me coaching and consulting. So in 2020, 
I made a decision to pivot outside of the healthcare industry, go completely cold turkey, and build what I have now. And what I have is a consulting firm that helps professionals, rock stars, business owners really understand how to gain transferable skills, which are our presentation skills, to speak extemporaneously, to have a signature talk, and then how to strategically maneuver as a heart-driven entrepreneur where you can make money, make bank and make coin, Right? Everybody likes that. Yes, we need it. We do. Unapologetically. Do it unapologetically. So when you work with clients, they're already successful professionals and they want to make the leap into speaking. And you, what do you see as their number one mindset struggle or fear that they have to get past in order to do the work with you? They need to get clear that the fact that they're already a living, breathing individual, they're already worthy. Mm. I think what most people don't realize, I feel like I'm part coach, consultant, and therapist. (laughs) (laughs) Because there's something so scary about getting this visible and vulnerable and sharing your story and and sharing your voice. And a lot of us have experiences from childhood or even adulthood, especially for women, where we've been taught to to be quiet, to to take things, whether or not we accept it or not, or feel comfortable. So there is a measure of deep-seated work, which is oftentimes the first step of understanding that you're already worthy and deserving of anything that that you have within yourself, all the gifts that you have. And when you get firmly rooted and planted in that, it will help you move past some of the fears. The fears don't eliminate, they don't go away. They're still there, but you'll have the courage to move past that. Oh, so good. Who knew that we we needed a, a therapist uh, and a speaking coach all in one, right? <laughs> some of my clients have said, listen, I love you, but we're not going to do that today. I need you to contact your therapist and let's talk about the strategy (laughs) because it's scary. I mean, you got to, and the inner work never ends. But I think it's so true of every aspect of the entrepreneurial journey of running, starting your own business, running it. Uh, I I wish I knew what percentage was mental (laughs) as some sort of fancy number to throw out here, but I feel like it's huge. And I think there's something that happens when people are ready to build their own stage and then uh, they hold themselves back because I think the, the fear just feels that much bigger because we're dealing with like real human beings that are live with us and that just feels so much bigger. How would you describe it? It's scary. Mm. And, it, and sometimes it sucks. Okay, it sucks because the biggest critic we have is ourselves. For the longest time, I could not watch videos of me. I couldn't re-listen to podcasts because what would happen is I would sit and I would nitpick on every single thing I said, where I should have done something better, and I wouldn't I would it would paralyze me, paralyze me to the point of not moving forward. But this is what I want y'all to understand for all of our nation listeners. Mm is that 
if you feel that you honestly and your pause and your clarity of understanding that I'm not quite at that place where I feel like I'm worthy because I wasn't when I took the stages, when I, when I, when I started my own events, I wasn't fully convinced that I was deserving and worthy of it. But what helps most of us is to think of our loved ones, whether it's standing on the shoulders of your ancestors, people that have sacrificed for you. For me, it was my mom. She had died in 2013. I thought of all the sacrifices that she made for me as a single parent. I'm the only one of one of her children that attempted to go to college and successfully finished at that time. And I thought about the sacrifices that she made and how I was wasting my life burnt out in a toxic work environment, which is why I started my business and why I went out there and shared my message. I didn't think I was worthy and deserving of it, but I thought of her sacrifices. I also thought of my own children, the fact that I have two girls that I'm raising. And when they're watching me, I am setting the, the example for them of what's possible. And so I thought to myself, do I want my children to cower in fear, to stand on the sideline and not fully live a vibrant, joyous life because they're scared to move forward? My answer to that was no. So I encourage each of you, if you don't feel like you're in that place of feeling like you're deserving and worthy, think of others first. That's often one of the things that women do very well because we're used to caring for everybody yes, we else are. but ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> Start there and move forward. Oh, yeah, I'm queen of being a martyr and helping everyone else <laughs> and not remembering that I'm in charge of my own happiness and uh, it's my job to move past all the stuff that holds me stuck so that I can deliver even more for them. And oh, I love what you said. It's just so true that we do more for our for others than we'd ever do for ourselves. So to help you move past whatever's holding you from holding bigger space on a stage that you build, whether that's even hosting the event in the first place or spending more time speaking at that event instead of hiding behind guest speakers, I think remembering who we're doing it for and that just such a such a good piece of advice thank you uh uh so you built your business speaking and doing events tell us how that started like where did the courage come from to start putting yourself out there and getting past all this stuff we've been talking about being broke mm. <laughs> love your honesty being broke and not have, not having a job okay a job when i had my burnt out crisis i needed i started doing the inner work and i realized that i needed to leave my my place of employment it was toxic it was triggering for me for trauma that i had not dealt with at that time and i had to go Unfortunately, there were no other full-time academic positions where I lived and my family was not in a place where we were going to move. So I started my business and I said, what do I got? Well, your girl can teach, okay? <laughs> so I'm like, I can do that. But I also had experience volunteering with a nonprofit association and guess what I was doing? Planning their events. 
And what did I do when I was an educator? Plan events, right? I was doing all of that. And so when I went out and I said, okay, I'm going to have a speaking business. I'm going to go out there. And I saw some of the checks that was happening with the nonprofit association. I'm like, oh yeah, I can make money off of this. There's definite. But what I didn't realize was how important brand awareness was. No one really knew me nationally, right? No one really knew me that well. So when I was attempting to write emails and pitch myself to speak, it was crickets. I remember sending like 60 emails to associations all over the US. Only one association replied back to me and that was because they knew me and the answer was no. But guess what, y'all? They hired me later, okay? But anyway, they hired me later. So what did I do? I decided to not wait. And so one of the things that I need y'all to understand is that Sarah is building a revolution of people that aren't waiting for someone to give them a table. You're Mm. building yourself your own table. Mm. So I built my own table, hosted my first event, and sold that joker out. And guess who one of the speakers was? Me. (laughs) There was two speakers. (laughs) Two speakers. One of another speaker I met, I said, please do me this favor. Yes. I can't pay your full fee, right? And then I was the second speaker. I sold it out. And all of a sudden, everybody and their mama was like, who this? Okay, and when people had the opportunity to hear me speak, it was like, oh my gosh, who's this woman? She's amazing. She's incredible because I give my all in everything that I do. So I think what people need to realize is they've got to be okay with putting a little skin in the game. But my brand skyrocketed when I hosted my own event. And I said, I'm not waiting for anyone else's permission And what we all have to understand is the permission that we're waiting for is from ourselves. Once you say yes, that's it. You can hit the ground running. (laughs) Okay. We just, we just need to do a mic drop right there. (laughs) That was solid gold, Jasmine. Oh my gosh. Uh, I just feel like I need to take a pause on that. You, wow. You just, you just gave yourself permission. <laughs> you gave yourself permission to get started. And, and so I want you to talk a little bit about why do you think your business skyrocketed when you started, when you gave yourself permission to host the events and then actually did the thing and hosted it? Well, at that time, I didn't realize what I was doing. Um, I somehow was willing to share as much as I possibly could. So I was podcasting, I was blogging, I was collaborating with others, which was cross marketing. I was hosting my own events. I was sharing all of the time. And what prevents most business owners from even reaching six figures and beyond, you can look at the statistics. There aren't that many of us that can pass that six figure mark or even get to seven figures. Let's, that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother episode, right? But what it requires us is to get extremely visible. Hosting an event, you're you're saying to the world, (laughs) I'm here and I'm going to do this, right? That's scary. When you take a stage and you decide to take a stage and share your story or someone else's story or something that's impact you, you're saying, 
I'm here. I'm taking a bet on myself and I can do this. So just this year, uh, I'm trying to remember when we first connected, I said to myself, I'm not waiting for anyone to give me permission to stake my claim in the speaking industry. What most of the gurus who are in the speaking industry that are speaker coaches are older white individuals. Do I look like anything like that? No, you no. don't. <laughs> <laughs> At all, right? And it's not often seeing someone from my background that is at that level of expertise. But guess what? I don't need that permission. I have a four city tour right now. I said, I'm taking myself to several different states. I've built a network. Somebody is gonna see the value. I understood how to communicate my program promise of what people would receive when they joined my event and I went out there and I shared it. And although I'm still selling tickets to it, I have people from all different aspects, all different areas of the US attending because I was just able to say, I'm ready to share and create my own table. What people don't understand is like one of the fastest ways to grow your own business is to take your own voice and magnify it by hosting your own event or getting on stages. And that takes a huge amount of faith in your own ability and understanding that you are that chick, person, man, queen, whatever you wanna call it, right? You are amazing in your own right. And again, like I mentioned before, a lot of us are waiting for someone who's higher up there. Like they're looking for Oprah to come down from her throne and say, you are now deemed worthy. No, <laughs> she ain't coming, okay? You need to be that person for yourself and state that there, and realize that there are people on the outside waiting for you to show up. They're waiting for you to host that next event. They're waiting for you to share your story so they can be set free. Mm. I always say that there's, there's, there's everyone has a unique way of, of taking in information, like learning and also, um, listening and there, everyone, everyone is that person for someone else. Everyone is like the, they speak the way someone needs to hear and they teach the way someone needs to learn. And you just need to put yourself out there and in, in order to connect, you know, more with more deeply with the people in your community, they're, they're already there. They just, they just need to kick off the transformation they've been kind of waiting on. And I really deeply believe that events ideally in person, but it can happen virtually too, are where these, the biggest transformations happen. There's just something about it. There's magic in the room. There, there really is. Yeah. I mean, I really suffered in the pandemic because I knew how powerful in-person events were. That was where I was like truly in my element. And I think there is, there's an energetic exchange when we share our voice and there's an energetic exchange that happens when you can create a sacred space for people to really flourish. And I take my events extremely seriously. 
And it's, it's, a, it's a wonderful responsibility and honor that we have when we can create spaces that are transformational. And you can do that with your own event. And leading, leading our own event really truly allows us to develop a stronger community of people who are ready to share you to the masses. You can't build that type mm. of deep connection like that. You can, but it's going to take longer in just a social online setting. Nothing replaces the in-person deep connection that you feel when you can hear someone's voice, but also get a chance to see them in their element. And so for people, business owners who are looking to take their business to the next level, please consider utilizing events. I wouldn't be here if I didn't do that. In fact, I'm going on a four city tour this year because I'm not waiting for anyone to give me a table. And it's allowing me to develop strong relationships with my community because I'm building a movement. And it's also going to allow them to invite their friends in their communities to my event. And it's going to massively market, massively market. Okay, I'm calling it in y'all, okay? the work that I'm doing. And next year, it's gonna be global. I'm taking this overseas somewhere, right? Because I'm unapologetically stepping into the gifts that God has given me, but also building this table so that I can go out there and make the greatest impact that I can while I'm still here. Tell us about your tour. Like, how did you think through what cities am I gonna pick? What size rooms do I wanna create? What, what goes into that when you made that decision for yourself? So it's interesting that I'm a high fact finder. So I just want everyone to know that I'm not a person that just makes a decision without thinking through it. But I've also have hosted events over several years that I didn't have to think too much. So I wanted to have something small and intimate that was still impactful. And I decided to limit it to 10 because I knew from hosting retreats and working with at least five individuals, 10 was my max in order for me to fully be able to serve them each. So I knew that I wanted something small and intimate to test it out because I am still fairly new in this new industry. And so I chose, I wanted to choose something that was in the West Coast, something that was in the Midwest, something that was in the South, and then something that was in the Northeast. And I chose major cities, San Diego, Chicago, New York City, which is my hometown. That was a little bit selfish. I did choose that for a reason, okay? To see my <laughs> And um, Charlotte, I chose Charlotte because I live in North Carolina, but about two and a half hours from that. But that's a major city that's here in, in the South. So I was strategic in the location because I kind of knew where my people kind of hung out, like where they were. And so it just made it easy. What would make it easy for them to be able to travel to me as opposed to them coming here to the countryfied place that I live right now, which is not a actual large city. So I look at convenience. I look at where the airport location is because um, I've, I've actually hosted a retreat and no one bought because it was not in a convenient location. And I didn't consider that most of my clients are all over the United States. So the location and the 
the curation of the actual experience that I wanted to give was was impacting the decision on how I was going to host this tour. And I did an ugly launch, which was I didn't do a whole bunch of prepping. I didn't do a whole bunch of crying and all over the floor, laying around like, well, it was me. No, I pre-launched it, sold my tickets before I secured the location. Before I secured the location, clutch your pearls, I know. <laughs> but I sold it before I secured the location. <laughs> uh, as an aside, Lynchpin Nation, this is not what I teach inside of Live Med Academy. <laughs> <laughs> There's a little chest tightening <laughs> happening right now over here. Free yourself, Sarah. Free yourself. <laughs> oh, I'm so type A. Um, yeah. I am as well. I love. I am as well. Now, if I, this was a hundred person thing, actually, no, I would pre sell. I would pre sell. <laughs> And let me. Can I, I love your why? boldness. Can I tell you why? For some, I do. I want to know why. Uh, for some of us, I've been in situations where I've I've booked the location first, and a lot of us aren't sure on how our people are going to react to an experience. And so I rather pre-sell the tickets and know exactly what I'm working with. And know that my, my team and my event planning team can then knock out the rest of the logistics. I have a concept in my, it's the same approach that you would take if you were launching an online program. They often tell you, don't launch the program or don't create the program before the launch. You need to create, have exactly. a co-create co the experience. It's the same concept with events. So I feel like there are some that you can plan, but when you're first starting out, why, like for me, I don't believe in reserving hotel rooms. I don't put that in my contract. No. <laughs> I have heard, do, do not. I have heard so many speakers share, oh, I booked a hundred rooms and now I'm like, oh, all this money. I'm like, are you crazy? <laughs> right. <laughs> so like, I'm very strategic in how I negotiate with hotels. I'm very strategic on on even securing the location until I know how many people are actually going to be registered. I mean, it's just so smart of you to not book hotel rooms, especially when you have intimate size gatherings in that uh, in that dozen person range, because a hotel is not going to favor you for that size of a room block. And they're, they're not going to give you the best rate. And uh, it's, too much money for the business owner to be on the hook for. And these days, when people feel very empowered to book their their sleeping rooms themselves on any number of travel booking sites that might undercut the hotel, you just it's just putting yourself in a troublesome spot if you do book rooms. I'm so glad that uh, you're you're brilliant uh, in that respect. And I also, I want to dig in a little bit more about. How do you mark, because I'm agreeing with you that this is a brilliant strategy to, to book, to fill the event before you have announced the location, but how do you do that? That would give me a little anxiety as a guest. Do you say, name a city 
and then like kind of a major metro and then just say like location to you know to follow yeah let them know when to expect the location in fact for my retreat for my retreat they don't get the location until they do their pre-homework um and i've had to be that way because a lot of times when it comes to speaking they people will drag their feet (laughs) they will drag their feet and not show up for themselves. So I have to put some boundaries in place for me. But when it comes to the location, I give them what they need. And also I've been hesitant to actually share the location publicly. And my reason for that is I've actually had people show up to my events that were not registered trying to get in, right? Or trying to get- I 100% agree. A a part of that. And so I'm like, you know, there's gonna be exclusivity with my with my events moving forward and I want to have some privacy with that I agree completely uh that I think that's a smart move to name a city and and then only disclose the the information to the guests after they've registered and I love that you're doing it after they've done their pre-work to just kind of get a little bit more skin in the game uh because so wise of you. Yes, there's so many of us who are anxious about speaking on stages and and even doing the work to be stage worthy and stage ready. And uh, so I didn't even think of how that that would actually um, be a, a stumbling block that you would have to overcome in getting guests to show up is, is overcoming that the fear of just doing the work that's going to happen at your event. I think we all have roadblocks when it comes to getting people to show up, but, uh, that's a big one. You've got, I love that you've got a little trick up your sleeve on how to get people there. <laughs> yeah, but I, so good. even if I had, the largest event I've had is, I think I had like between 50 to 60 people um, at one point. And if, if I was to do it again, I would still pre-sell my tickets. <laughs> and I laugh because I know I'm challenging a lot of people but again, especially if you're just building, if I, if I had, if I had a business that I've had five plus years in the, in a specific industry where I can kind of predict how many people will be there, then I would go ahead. Then I would go ahead and actually choose a venue beforehand. And, and I would say to Lynchpin Nation, if you decide to go with that strategy, my advice then would be to pick a major enough metro that you have a lot of real estate to work with when it comes to finding a venue because you'd be surprised there's there's some times where just like the dates just line up just right and they collide with something else that's major happening uh in an area and it's just impossible to find space you might want to do your diligence to make sure there's not some major you know sporting event or you know festival or something that would make it so that like the whole city is sold out over the dates that you've picked because you'd hate to get yourself in a pickle where you'd you know had people commit to something and then you'd have to change dates um let me tell you something that happened to me once i planned an event in 2018 
And I chose a location because I was looking, I chose a different location outside of a hotel. I wanted something that wasn't in a hotel. And mm -hmm. I found this location and I can't remember if it was the event planning team member or what have you, but I secured the location. Literally, the week of the event, this location said, we are no longer providing services, event services. Here's your refund. Have a nice day. No. Oh, my goodness. It was crazy. So I had to buckle down and find a place at the last minute. It was a golf course. And we had it there and people were lost because people never checked their email. I had to get in my car <laughs> and find people and get them to the event because <laughs> they oh. went the wrong location. So what? Why, why am I saying this? Why am I sharing? The people that came... Everyone wind up showing up. No one, everyone made it. Even when I had to get in my car and find some lady that was like three miles off track and had her follow me. Everyone had an amazing time. It, my business didn't fall apart. My reputation didn't fall apart. What we have to understand yes. is that in the place of business, this is the wild, wild west. Nothing is going to go as planned. Nothing. So for my type A people out there that feel like they can get everything perfect and right, something's going to happen. I've had food not show up. And my particular clientele with healthcare providers, they would come there at 6 a.m. when the conference started at 8. What are you doing here, right? So they would, right. see, <laughs> they would see all of the mess ups, right? And all of these things that would be happening. And I am like, I'm very particular about the perception of what it is that I'm, what I'm doing, the experience for my people. And so I had to learn mm -hmm. how to let that go to some extent and get comfortable with knowing what's meant to be will be, what's going to happen will happen. I've done my best. Yes. Right. I'm going to show up and always provide what that best is, but there are going to be some elements that you can't control. And even in those mishaps, keep your focus in on your client experience as much as possible. What is the takeaway for them? How can you create transformation in their life? How you, how can you continue to show up? Because they're there because of you. They're there because of what you're building. So one of the things I want you to remember is even though you're a host, still give time for you to connect with the, with the attendees by taking yourself, walking your beautiful self up to that stage and take that mic and you better speak, okay? <laughs> you better share your message. You better elevate what it is that you're bringing and don't cower away from that. There's more people that want to see you win than there are haters out there. Oh, I couldn't agree more. Jasmine, before we wrap up, I want to do a little rapid fire segment, if you don't mind. Oh, boy. <laughs> what do you, yeah, well, I want to know, what do you say to yourself backstage and on stage? What do I say to myself backstage? Oh, um, let's do this. <laughs> you are worthy. And keep showing up. So I, I, and I'm often playing Beyonce. I have a whole playlist 
I also yes. wear things that sparkle. Like if you look at my IG, yesterday I was speaking, although it was virtual, I put on my sparkle diamond boots, okay? <laughs> I love it. Um, so I use that to kind of bring my energy up. And then on the stage, I pay attention to how I'm speaking and making sure that I'm pausing enough so that the people in the audience are able to join me on this journey. What we have to remember is when we're creating events or speaking on the stage, you're creating space for transformation. And when you can transform your audience, when you can reach their hearts, when you can reach the humanity of what makes them who they are, you will never have to worry about marketing yourself. These people will speak your name when you're not even in the room. That's what I discovered when I built my first business. That's what I'm doing now with my second business. It works. It works. It works. So if you were to, to have to say your best tip for filling events, is it showing up fully on stage and letting word of mouth take its turn? The best way to sell your event is to get out there and show out every single day at your event mm. and before your event. There's never a second that I'm not sharing what solution I can provide for people. When you look, when you open up your email and you see your email from Walmart, Target, CVS, do they shy away from telling you every single day about the same discount on the same bag of chips <laughs> you see every week? The answer to that is no. So therefore, you need to do the same. If you really want to make sure that you're able to call in the people that are supposed to be there at your event, don't worry about the likes, worry about how you're showing up and if you're connecting with individuals and learn how to leverage your network, collaborate with them, share your information with them, have them share it with their people. Don't be afraid to ask for help. That's so good. The help part, mm -hmm. <laughs> especially. Mm -hmm. What's your favorite moment at events that you host? Mm. I would say my favorite moment is when I know the audience has been touched. How do I know? They're either embracing one another, they are exchanging information, collaborating, or I actually see tears. And it's not that I want people mm -hmm. to cry. It's just that I know a lot of times we don't have a space for us to be vulnerable and connect on a deep level. That to me is success. Mm, that's so beautiful. What's the best thing about hosting your own events? The best thing is knowing that I am a vessel that God has determined is worthy in, in making an impact. I think that's the best part. Mm. Oh, that's beautiful. Thank you. I'd love to know, what are you reading right now? I am actually reading Arlen Hamilton's book. It's about D-A-M-N time. <laughs> 
it's so good it's so good yeah it's so good and she talks about how to leverage being an underestimated woman and how to go after what you desire so she shares her story of being homeless and now Mm. doing this amazing work where as a venture capitalist and helping majority people who are are BIPOC oh wow that sounds fascinating yeah yeah that was gifted to me oh yeah Mm -hmm. Jasmine I want to know what you've got going on and what that we should know about and where can Lynchpin Nation find you so what do I have going on well I'm out here in these internet streets talking about speaking so if you are interested in amplifying your voice working on your presentation skills creating your signature talk and building recurring income through speaking you can find me at jasminehaley.com we help people who are in the beginning stages of speaking people who are already speakers we have a marketing agency that actually builds out your assets for you if you need it so come holler at me. I have events. I have one-on-one consulting. We have an awesome, amazing retreat and we would love to help serve you. Oh, that's awesome. I'll link all of that up in the show notes for everyone. And thank you for being here, Jasmine. This has been such a joy today. Yes. I loved our time together. Thank you. You made me really think about my journey in a a whole way I've never really thought about when it comes to events. So This was great. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Green Room Central podcast. If you love this episode with Jasmine, then please take a screenshot on your phone and post it to Instagram and be sure to tag at Sarah Faefer and let me know why you liked it and what you'd like to hear or who you'd like to hear from in the future. That'll help me know what to create for you. Also, I know you got one solid gold nugget of advice on filling your events from Jasmine today, but if you'd like a few more, 107 to be exact, then head over to fillingevents.com. Right now, I want to help you quickly master event marketing and fill your events, even if you've never done it before. I've scoured the online business world and found 107 of my favorite strategies working right now to fill your next virtual or in-person event. Create the event promotion plan you need from these easy to implement, customizable strategies at fillingevents.com. On average, I spend about an hour a day reading every month of every year. If you love learning on the go as much as I do, go to greenroomcentral.com to get a free audiobook and a free 30-day trial of Audible, my audiobook platform of choice and a sponsor of Green Room Central. Perhaps grab a copy of It's About DAM and Time, How to Turn Being Underestimated into Your Greatest Advantage by Arlen Hamilton, just like Jasmine. I appreciate your commitment to leveling up and learning the mindset and strategy of live events. Keep going, keep learning. If you want more, head over to greenroomcentral.com for show notes and all the links from today's episode. 